Hello, my friends. Paul White here. Thanks for joining me on the second day of December. What a wonderful time to be alive, man. I know we don't hear stuff like that. We always hear about how bad and the world's gotten worse. I think it's an amazing time to be alive to see what the Lord will do in this day. The kingdom of God has been planted into the earth at the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he has been expanding his kingdom ever since. We see birth pains all over the world. Don't look at them all as death throes. If you are pessimistic and they need to be death throes, then let them be death throes of the things that need to vanish away. But birth pains are happening of the move of God in the earth, and I, for one, am excited to be a part of it and excited to be alive. I consider myself a tiny part of anything that God is doing. I hope that I can play a role in helping lead people into the goodness of God. I've been excited as of late because we are in Advent season. The first Sunday, the first official Sunday of Advent, Advent 1, is tomorrow on December the 3rd. This is an unusual year on the Christian calendar in that Advent 4 falls on Christmas Eve. So uh, it, it squeezes a little bit as we anticipate the arrival of Christ. And then there's the arrival of Christ uh, in this Christmas season. But this is a fun journey. And I want to encourage you to check out our Advent journey that has begun in both of our locations. We meet on Tuesday evenings in Flowery Branch, Georgia, and we meet every Sunday morning at the Garden Church of the Midlands in Irmo, South Carolina. Our midweek service we posted on Wednesday of this past week. It was a message titled, Wait For It, and it deals with the waiting of the people of God from the beginning of the Bible on through up until Jesus, and how even though we have Christ as our Savior, we are still a people of anticipation. This is a message that deals with the arrival of Christ in his first advent and the hopeful arrival of Christ in what is often referred to as his second advent. And I hope you enjoy it. It's also a great lead-in to a message that we had actually preached two days before we taught that, but it wasn't. we weren't able to put it up until this weekend. It's the sermon you can look for tomorrow, and it's titled, He Will Come Again. I recommend these two messages sort of back to back. Um, you might, it doesn't really matter what order you listen to them in. If you want to know when they were preached, He Will Come Again actually was, like I say, it was preached a couple days before. Wait for it, but they're the same theme. He Will Come Again. Creed says, He Will Come Again to judge the living and the dead. We get into what. This is one of those where out of the blocks I say, look, I'm not going to be ambiguous. I'm going to say some things I haven't said in the, in this way in sermons before. Because going to a lot of churches and there's only so much you can say about this stuff. Well, the Garden Church of the Midlands is my church. It's my home church. It's it's a product of, of a lot of things the Lord has done in me. And so I'm not going to be ambiguous when standing there. So I talk about some things I can't adhere to. And I talk about some things that I can. I try to show what I believe Jesus was referring to when he talked about his arrival in the first century at AD 70 when the temple came down. And we also talk about some things I expect to see as the consummation of all things, apocatastasis. So this is a great little journey, about 40 minutes long, titled, He Will Come Again. I hope you'll check it out. 
It deals, of course, with judgment. And I I don't want to give away my landing spot, but I'll give you a hint. You can have boldness in the day of judgment. (laughs) Okay. We are going to put on pause the journey through the Apostles' Creed. Beginning tomorrow at the Garden Church, we start preaching Advent-themed sermons. And I'm going to handle three out of four of the next four Advent sermons. I, I am going to have another young man in our church preach on the third Sunday of Advent, coming up on the 17th of December. But otherwise, I'll have the third, the 10th, and the 24th. And then after that, we'll go back to the preaching of the Creed as we take it into that last portion, which is the I Believe in the Holy Spirit portion. And it gets into some things that we really need to get into, particularly that famous, the the Holy Catholic Church part. Um, that is a much needed, a much needed teaching in evangelical circles as to what that means and, and especially what it doesn't. So, uh, put on pause, hang on. We'll be back to it, uh, as the year closes and then we'll take that on through January and then start eyeballing Easter, which is going to be on us before we know it next year. And I'm really excited about that. Okay. Luke chapter four, verse 38 is where we are in our journey through the gospel of Luke. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother, this is Simon Peter's mother-in-law, was sick with or afflicted with, in the Greek, a high fever. And they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her and immediately she arose and served them. It's not uncommon for Jesus to rebuke things. If it needs rebuked, he rebukes it. He rebukes the wind and the sea whenever the waves rock the boat. I like to say that in that moment, and we'll get to that in Luke 8, that Jesus tried to sleep and then had to rebuke. Sometimes sleep's not possible. You you go right to work. So there's no there's not a handbook for when to rebuke. He rebukes here with no other warning. He rebukes later after trying to get them to sleep. Whatever case, we follow the Spirit. That's what we learn from Jesus, is that it's not all in a handbook. There's not a bunch of rules in following the Spirit, but just listening to Him. And Jesus must have... It's not because Jesus needs someone to wait wait on them, but because there was a request made concerning her. He stands over her and rebukes the fever. And sometimes the only thing that we can do is rebuke that darkness, rebuke that attack, that which boils us, boils our blood, so to speak, as this fever does, uh, and, and causes us the stress and cares of this life. Some of those things need rebuked. And when you sense the Holy Spirit speaking that, pay attention. But also pay attention to what you pay attention to. I saw a viral video the other day of a woman in a grocery store rebuking everybody in the name of Jesus and being about as obnoxious about it in a public place as one could possibly be. And I thought it doesn't seem as if Jesus used his power to rebuke uh, over people in in, in large settings, he rebukes Peter to his face when Peter tries to stop him from going to the cross to die. He rebukes the storm when it scares his disciples, and he rebukes the fever in Peter's mother-in-law. 
But pay attention to the Holy Spirit in this. Whatever it'll be, it has to look like Jesus. That we know for sure. See you tomorrow. God bless.